Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to 30-Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now, it's time to thrive. Hello, everybody. I am here with Jim Morgan. He's our Workforce Strategies Vice President here at MRA. And a lot of you are probably familiar with Jim already, as he does a lot of traveling on the key points of the talent shortage issue. And he's really been working on this issue for the last 30 years, which is pretty impressive. Um, But Jim really makes organizations take a step back and really think about their candidate experience plans and how they should be adapting to the current times. So thanks for joining me on the show today, Jim. I'm really excited to talk about this issue. It's my pleasure to be in front of MRA Nation. Oh, of course. (laughs) But I think we'll just dive into the first question and really talk about um, the candidate experience as a whole. So could you just tell me what candidate experience means and what it all includes? Sure. You know, really, as you're trying to find talent, it begins with the first contact that you have with whomever your candidate might be. And so companies are spending a lot more time now from that first contact until the moment that they offer them a job and they hire them. Everything that happens between that first contact and the first day of work is really the candidate experience. And we haven't had to really think about that in the past because if we had 200 people applying for a job, we just zipped them through and we took the best one possible. But now when you can't find anyone and you're in this competitive marketplace, that candidate experience really becomes a big deal. So if I'm trying to hire you, I wanna make sure that from the moment we meet right up to you Mm -hmm. start, that you're thinking, this is a cool place to work. They seem like good people to work with. This is the kind of place I could see myself at. So it's become a a new thing really for employers, I'd say, you know, leading up to the pandemic, we were starting to see the labor shortage and now coming out of it, it is, here in full force. So mm-hmm. that's become kind of a big deal for us. Absolutely. And I mean, well, it seems to me that there have been candidates for as long as there have been jobs. So can you tell us what's really different? Yeah. And that's, that's a really good point. People are like, well, you know, we've always been able to get candidates and get people to start, but I think the world's changed a little bit. So I'm going to stump the host here and turn some of these questions you know, back on you a little bit, but okay. So you're looking for your first job where, where are you looking? How are you finding out, hey, where, where do I want to go next? I My first instinct would be to go on Google and search up the company I'm looking for, kind of take a look at their website, um, learn a little bit more in the company through their social media and website. Okay. And what, what would you be looking for that you'd think, wow, that's that looks pretty cool. Yeah, I think I want to go there. What would, what would strike you and leave an impression on you? Um, you know, I look at their mission from their website and I would just kind of look at their company culture as a whole, which I would probably get from social media and see if I would kind of fit in with that culture and um, see what professional opportunities they have for me there. So are there certain types of pictures or videos or something that you would look at that you would say, yeah, that's what I'm looking for? I mean, I'm a big picture person, a video <laughs> person myself, so I would say if it's a fun culture and I see that they do a lot of good work inside and outside of the company and they post about it frequently or, you know, feature things on their website, that would 
have a good look for me. Okay. Yeah. So now you've decided, hey, this looks pretty good. I'm going to go find their careers page. So mm -hmm. now I get to their careers page. I'm looking for a job that's of interest to me. What are you looking for in that, in that job description or whatever they might have on? Um, I would be looking for probably at this point in time some flexibility. I mean, now we're kind of in a remote environment hybrid situation. So I'd be looking for um, benefits that are for people more my age and things that I see as a benefit, not necessarily for everybody else. But um, yeah, I, okay. I guess I would... All right. Yeah. <laughs> so you found us, you found the job you're looking for, you make contact with us. How long do you think you should have to wait for me to get back to you? Oh, gosh. Well, I would, I'm a little picky. So <laughs> I would say a couple days at the most. I mean, anything after a couple days, it makes me feel like, oh, maybe they didn't look at my resume or maybe they're not interested. Why aren't they getting back to me? Yep. You know, I think we expect more fast responses, okay. definitely. Right, just a couple more, and then I'm almost done with you. Okay. <laughs> so now we said, okay, come on in. How long would you be willing to wait between first contact and starting the job? What's your expectation of how fast a, a company would move? Hmm. I would say a week would be a good time from first contact to being hired. Okay. And in that week... Um, do you stop looking or do you, are you still sort of searching around the world? And seeing no, going? I would definitely keep searching. I mean, I wouldn't want to limit myself and put all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely be searching for other opportunities. You never know what's going to come up. Yep. I mean, maybe the day before they want to hire me, I find another company. Yep. So. Okay, well, that that's helpful. Did I pass? You did pass, and you just freaked out every hiring manager that's probably listening today because they're thinking, a week? What is she, nuts? You know, we can't get that done that quickly. This is sort of the seismic shift in power that's taken place now, that you really, you know, you hold all the cards. You can pretty much decide how fast you want it, whether you're going to keep looking, what else is going on out there. And as a result, that's really what's causing a lot of the consternation for the employers is because... You've grown up in a time where, you know, I don't know that much about your family, but I'll bet you've been in charge of your family just about since the day you were born. You decide when we go on vacation. You decide where we go on vacation. And everybody's, you know, sort of complaining about, oh, these kids, these kids, all oh, these young kids. And I would say, well, these parents, you know, I mean, we're the ones who did it. The, the baby boomers raised our kids saying, you make all the decisions. And so you're, you're used to being sort of in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. You've also walked into a Amazon world where you can order a pair of sunglasses and watch it go from the manufacturing line into the box, onto the truck, to the distribution center, and you know exactly when it's going to show up. And that becomes the expectation of a candidate to say, I want to know when I'm being interviewed, I want to know when you're going to hire, I want to know how quickly this whole thing is going to move. So in terms of candidate experience, those are all things that employers have not had to worry about in the past. And your expectations, the speed at which especially younger um, generations move is a whole new dynamic for, for companies. So as a result, this candidate experience has become a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I agree with everything you said. And it's a little <laughs> scary, but um, this all seems like a newer phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us why that is? You know, it's really it's a simple numbers game and it doesn't get much more complicated than that. We've got companies. Uh, in Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, and Wisconsin, 3,000 employers. And I spend most of my time going around talking to them about talent attraction, talent retention, how do you go and find people? 
And at the end of the day, in the upper Midwest and actually in the Northeast, um, people are not moving here. This is not a destination for most folks. It's more West and it's more South. Um, we're not having a lot of kids. Um, and so you don't have a natural growth of people. We're not an international destination place. We have a lot of 25 year olds that are deciding to go somewhere else. Um, one thing we've learned in this whole thing is if you're a 25 year old, where do you wanna go? Where the other 25 year olds are, it's pretty simple. And we're not really a destination like Austin or the Carolinas or uh, Portland. Mm -hmm. So all of those things are working against us. And so as a result, that's where we get to the point that we don't have very many bodies. And so now companies are having to adjust everything that they do in order to attract you. And so mm -hmm. they want you to stay here, they want you to work here, but they gotta compete for you now because you have everything at your fingertips, you can go wherever you wanna go. So now we've gotta work a little bit harder. And that's what's driven this, I think, to the, to the forefront. Right, so now moving into more of your employer recommendations and advice for how they can handle um, this kind of situation, what are you exactly telling employers to, to consider to make the candidate experience a positive one and make sure they're adapting to these times? Yeah, I, I basically tell them to go back and listen to what you said in the first three <clears throat> minutes of the show because that, those are really the answers. Um, the first stop is going to be technological. They're going to go to your website, mm -hmm. and they're probably going to do it from their phone. So what right. does your website look online? Um, how, how quickly can they navigate it? Um, you know, we joke that, oh, you know, if on your front page you have this 15-minute video of where the company started 120 years ago, nobody cares. And I don't mean that to sound rough to companies that are very proud of their tradition, um, but there's one thing, especially about the younger generations, they're not going to watch a 15-minute video. And there's a reason TikTok has, you know, two minutes, one minute. There's a reason Twitter is 240 characters or whatever it is, is that it's got to be fast. They're also going to see how quickly they can navigate through your website because that's sort of a first indication of whether or not this is a company that gets it because, you know, you don't want to show in and you won't even know what this is, but you show up and there's a Commodore 64 computer from Radio Shack <laughs> on your desk that's it, you know, you're out of there. Right. So it's gotta be quick, it's gotta be personalized, um, it's gotta be easy. And I think that's another one that a lot of HR people don't understand is, you know, there are um, software packages now that if you've got your resume on your laptop, you hit the easy button, it uploads your resume, it puts the answers into the right questions, it, you know, it does everything. So if they're asking you to fill out a PDF and print it out and fax it in, that's a pretty good indication that that's not you know, probably where you're gonna end up. So that, that easiness, that quickness, all of that matters. And the last thing I think that they have to do is keep in mind that they're trying to wow you. They're, they're mm -hmm. selling you. They need you to come work for them. And so as much as they might wanna say, oh, you're lucky to have a job with us, the truth is that's been turned now. And so it's, we'd be lucky to have you. Mm -hmm. And that's a mindset that I'm not sure everybody's gotten yet. But it's, is there a wow factor in this so that when you leave, you're like, that's the place that I wanna go work. Mm -hmm. I was just on LinkedIn earlier this morning and I saw all of the easy job applicants <laughs> you can do where you literally press the button and it uploads your resume. Yep. And that can be a little um, scary because then how many people are actually changing their resume yep. and their cover letters for um, different jobs. But um, And that's a, I would say that's a good warning for people looking too that yeah, that's convenient as heck. Mm -hmm. But if you're not even taking the two minutes to say, does my resume even match what the job expectations are? Or do I have them in the right order? So at least mm -hmm. what's most important to the company I put first. Right. Um, 
you can get pretty lazy with it. Right. So how about the people doing the interviewing? I mean, how do they fit into this whole experience? They've got to understand, especially, you know, I don't want to spend all the time on the younger generation of folks, but those are probably most of the people that are being interviewed. And they've got to understand your expectations. And again, this becomes this generational clash that, oh, you know, they want to work when they want, where they want, how they want, and all of that. And it's true. And people look at that as, oh, lack of work ethic or they're lazy. And that's not got anything to do with it. It's been, it's in your DNA. It's the way you've grown up. And so some of that has to come across. You said you're interested in flexibility. And, you know, in a lot of places now, if you walk in and, you know, you say, hey, I'd like to be able to work from home two days a week. Right. Companies certainly have the right to just say, no, mm -hmm. you can't. Um, but then they also need to know if there's going to be a certain part of the population that they're going to lose. So I think you've got to start those interviews armed with what do we have that's going to be attractive to that to these to this person mm -hmm. so we can be selling while they're in here. The second part of it is is I think you've got to be ready for the questions that you're going to ask. You know, you were looking, you know, you wanted pictures, you wanted to see different things. What's the diversity of the company? Right. Diversity in all different, you know, whether that's age or ideas or color or sexuality, whatever it might be, I want to go to a place where there's a lot of people, not right. everybody who looks just like me. Are we ready for that? What's the culture in this company? And if the people that are sitting there interviewing you are looking at each other like, geez, culture? I, I don't know quite how I describe it. Well, now you're in a little bit of trouble again. Um, younger people especially want to know what's my learning and development plan because if I start here my expectation is in six months I'm gonna be somewhere else and six months later I'll be somewhere I'm not here for 30 years you'll have me for three to five and I want to know what that looks like how are you gonna train me what is it that I need to get done you know what's my growth strategy here because you might be hiring me as a marketing assistant but I want to be the marketing director and then the vice president of marketing what is it gonna take for me um, to get there mm -hmm. Lastly, I would say they got to be selling. I mean, they really need to be selling um, that they want you and they think you're important. They can always turn you down later, but for the purpose of the interview and bringing you in, they should have their A game that says, we're trying to get as many people into this pipeline as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. So I think there's got to be that excitement. There's got to be the interest and they got to be looking at it from the interviewee's point of view. Mm -hmm. And you just talked about this. But are there any other differences that you can point out in what younger workers are really interested in or looking for that companies should be implementing in their candidate process? I think, you know, the, what you mentioned is a lot of it. We've got the, the flexibility is a big yeah. one. Um, you know, and I think what people have, have sort of lost in all of this is, you know, especially if you're 23, 4, 5 years old, you've never worked in an office in a lot of cases. Now they're saying, come back to the office. I'm like, why would I go to the office? Here's where I've been, you know, for three years. Um, I think you have to prove yourself. I think, you know, that all goes with it. But if there isn't a reason to be there and it's something that people want, how do we begin to, you know, allow that flexibility to take place? I would look at the benefits that you're offering and what is it that a 25-year-old wants versus a 45-year-old versus a 65-year-old. And those are very different things. And right. we've been talking to companies quite a bit about, if I've got $40,000 in student loans, that means more to me. If you would match that and help me pay for it, I want that more than I want a 401k. Mm -hmm. If I've got a couple of kids, for heaven's sakes, give me health care. Because <laughs> right. I got kids and they get hurt and I, you know, I got to have a place to go. And so those matter. And so you're even seeing companies now get to the point where they're using their 
the benefits to differentiate themselves. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going after you and I'm looking at a younger um, workforce, I'm thinking about student loans, flexibility, um, the types of um, jobs that we have here, and then the opportunities. That the opportunity may not just be traditional learning and development, but it might be, hey, Sophie, you want to sit in on our executive team meeting and learn more about this? Hey, there's this project that we want to get done. Can you help us with it? Um, we want you to serve on some volunteer boards, and right. you know that can be on company time. Go do that. Find the things that matter to people and mm -hmm. utilize those. Yeah, I mean, Debbie, in our last episode, she talked about companies now offering pet insurance, yep. which is just funny to me, but yep. a lot of people really care about that. Yeah. So you can see how um, employers are getting really creative with their benefits. And yeah, and, and we've had lots of discussions about, we had one, one guy the other day, he said, you know, we offer Netflix subscriptions to our employees and they value it more than their health care insurance. Hey, you know? look at that. Yeah, but I mean, every time someone turns on their television and, you know, oh my gosh, there's Netflix, it's like, oh, I can thank ABC company for that. Right. So things like that that mean a lot to people, reward programs mean a lot to people, um, the pet insurance you mentioned, right. cybersecurity and, you mm -hmm. know, all the different locks on your own um, data and things like that. Again, they're right. trying to listen to their employees and say, you know, we'll offer a 401k and we'll offer health insurance and it's kind of an expectation. But if we can start throwing in some of these things that really aren't even necessarily that expensive, but someone's thinking, well, that's pretty cool. I, you know, I just got my subscription right. paid for. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's a lot of that that's, that's going on as well. Yeah. And we'll be discussing this employee experience topic the next couple episodes. Okay. But do you have any last thoughts you can share with our MRA nation? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I guess I would, I would go with um, probably three things. Um, one, I think we're still having a hard time in a lot of cases. And again, it's a lot of people who look like me. And for those of you on the radio, you know, 62 years old, not getting this yet and not accepting the fact that it's a, it's a different world and different things are happening. And people want to rush to judgment that, oh, it's a generational thing or it's this or that or this will pass. And, you know, I can pretty much tell you demographically, it's not going to pass. And generationally, I don't, I don't think it's going to pass. So we've got to we got to figure out some new strategies in terms of, of how we're doing things. Um, the second thing is, is, you know, you can say, well, I don't think we need to do this or whatever. And that's true. You know, as an employer, you can decide to do whatever you want. But I would encourage you to look at what everybody around you is doing. What's your industry doing? What are the people in the industrial park that you're in doing? Because, you know, we're seeing just a ton of, well, if you're offering $15 a week or, an hour, or $15 an hour here, and they're offering 16 there and 17 there and 18 there, that person's just gonna bump, you know, to wherever they're wherever they're going. So it becomes a matter of in this interview, what are we offering to you that you say, yeah, you know, it might be a dollar less an hour, but boy, that flexibility or Friday, you know, dress down or mm -hmm. cookouts every Tuesday, or all kinds of things might be, you know, what what someone is looking for and they're they're willing to accept. And I think the, the third one that I would say is, you know, candidates talk to each other. And if somebody has a bad experience um, at a company at going through the interview process or they never called them back or they never heard from them again or whatever it might be, they talk to each other. And so if you're not providing a positive experience, it's not only that one person that you've talked to, it's going to be several others. So at the end of the day, I guess if I could give one piece of advice, I would say, have someone go through your candidate experience, whether mm -hmm. that's 
you know, you, you pick your kid or you just get an employee maybe that's new and say, we're going to have you go through this again. Yeah. Take notes. We want to know what this process looks like. Um, have a hiring manager go through it and see what it is that you're doing. Because um, those people will be really honest with you and say, you know, first of all, I can't believe this happened. And second of all, I can't believe it took three weeks for this to happen. And third, I can't believe no one was here when I showed up, you know, for the interview. Those are the kinds of things that in this market that you can't have that type of misstep or you're going to be in trouble because now they're going to go someplace else. Right. As you said at the beginning, um, even when you've maybe got a job interview or you've got a job offer, you're still looking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this game isn't over um, till we get there. Right. So the candidate experience and what you're going to talk about next week with the employee experience, I think they're really starting to almost meld into each other because mm -hmm. I'll, I'll leave you with two, two uh, examples of that. One, we were doing some recruiting for nurses, and the demand for nurses is very high right now. And as people were being interviewed and they would leave, we were texting them before they got to their car to say, congratulations, you got the job. Come on back in. We want to wrap this thing up. Because wow. they didn't want to give them the opportunity to go out, see more people. So the right. candidate experience became the employee experience right. almost in instantaneously. The other one similar to that was a manufacturing um, facility, and they are hiring um, some CNC operators. And what they did was they interviewed them. They took them out onto the floor. They were showing them everything that was going on. And while they were getting the tour of the facility, the hiring team was deciding whether they wanted to keep them or whether they didn't. Wow. And if they were keeping them, the offer letter was on the table when they got back from the tour. And they just said, congratulations, we'd like you to start you know, on Monday. Here's the offer letter. And yeah. you know, encourage them to say yes right there because... Mm -hmm. Again, they're going to go home, and there could be a message. There could be something else. So we got to move quick. And you told everybody at the beginning you're giving them a week. So right. Better go fast. There's the challenge right there. Right. Well, Jim, you gave us a lot of great pieces of advice that I hope organizations really um, take into account. But that just about wraps up the time we have for today, unfortunately. But, Jim, thank you so much for joining us today and really making it apparent to employers that they can't be doing the same thing that they've been doing for past 20 years, 10 years, even five years. Um, but we've added Jim's LinkedIn profile to the show notes. So if you'd like to connect with him and talk to him a little bit more about his knowledge, I'm sure he'd be happy to chat and connect. I'd be, I'd be more than happy to. And, and it's a lot of fun right now because like I said, we're helping people understand the shortage. We're under, helping them with the recruitment, the candidate experience, mm -hmm. the employee experience. So any of those things, give me a call and yeah. we can have a conversation about it. Absolutely. So make sure to connect with him there. But otherwise, we will be continuing the conversation next week when our VP of HR at MRA, James McDevitt, joins us to talk about the onboarding experience. So you won't want to miss that. But thank you again, Jim. I had a lot of fun and we talked about a lot of great stuff. So hope to see you again soon. All right. Anytime. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.